The Missing Witches Podcast is sponsored by listeners like you, who joined us at patreon.com slash missingwitches. Today's coven spotlight is tarot for top surgery. Go to queerconjure.org to find out more. You aren't being a proper woman, therefore you must be a witch. You must be a witch. Hi, my Hello. friend. Missing Witches Coven. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Amy. Hi, Coven. We're doing one of our, our summer episodes where Amy and I just get to talk to each other. I want to talk about so many things with you. It's funny because so often when we talk now, we're either like, like in that, uh, oh, what was it? That, that like electrical magic mode. Adrenaline magic. Adrenaline magic mode. <laughs> I mean, not in the terror way of like lifting a car off a baby, but we're so excited about the different projects that we're working on and our ideas for how to reach out and for what comes next that often when we talk now, I feel like, which is not that different from how we've always hung out, but <laughs> I feel like we're just like sort of electric ramming through to-do lists or we're in this incredible coven that we get to be hosts of where we're just like in awe of the shining lights that we're meeting and all the people that are joining the coven and how fucking rad that community is. Or you're marrying me. <laughs> Those are our modes. Those are our modes these days. Shall we? Shall we maybe uh, be more specific about the term "marrying you"? Because oh maybe... <laughs> yeah. Well, you did walk into my wedding where Amy was going to officiate and introduce yourself to all of Mark's family. My fiance's family is. Hi, I'm Amy. Reese is a life partner. <laughs> I said business partner and life partner. And so life partner. <laughs> It was perfect. Yeah, business partner didn't seem to really cut it, but I, you know, it's like fam, like oh, this yeah. is like your cousin-in-law, and I figured if I said, you know, we're in business together, they would get who I was. But it, was it didn't perfect. seem like enough. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was adorable. That so there was three moments in I got married this past weekend, um, and there was three moments in that wedding that were incredibly missing, which is magical and hilarious. That was one of them when you introduce yourself as a life partner. And all of it was only elderly people at our wedding, basically, and our siblings, um, because of the nature of why we were doing it at that particular moment. We were just with our parents and some siblings of our parents, and it was really emotional in all kinds of ways. But that, and then you brought this gift, this incredible gift of this Monica show print with the charge of the goddess and it's this moment of intersection between Dorian Valente and Monica's show and they've just been so fundamental to us falling down this like glorious life rabbit hole hole of telling these stories and getting to watch Mark's mom and his <laughs> aunts read aloud the charge of the goddess line by line as I showed them your gift was so magical yeah I'm so glad that that happened I mean it was one thing to find the prints shout out to uh, legion products maybe we'll use our prints as the photo as the image oh yeah that's nice episode. sure um because yeah i mean i i saw these you know we google monica show every now and again just to see what's going on in the in the world of monica show yeah. and i happened to come across so so monica had made these like basically poster versions of some of her work so that people who didn't have a lot of money could still have access to her work 
and she yeah. was selling them at goddess conferences and that kind of thing and this um the legion projects um i'll put the link in the show notes it'd be great if we bombed them with orders sorry, um, so um for monica's family they got this sort of like box of unsold prints that monica had made and all of the money goes back into the monica show you know this this uplifting the estate and the re-uplifting of her name and i saw this and and then i saw the one that was the dorian dorian valiente and i was like this is a perfect symbol of like collaboration and Mm. like witches and artists like uplifting each other and like being that force of like I believe in you and I'm gonna make art out of your words like to that so that was magical enough for me but then you came up to me later and you were like my mother-in-law and my aunt-in-law read and we could have we could have asked like one of your relatives to read the charge of the god yeah I yeah guess. but that wasn't really <laughs> <laughs> but it, it might have felt weird and it might have felt like oh what is this but just like having that moment in private but like yeah. so ritualistic so was... wonderful and ritualistic in the way that like I really think is so core to the way I practice where it's like totally improvised and just in the stream of the moment like you just sort of gently nudged in or or experienced or like you noticed it was happening like I feel like for me magic in the way that I feel it and experience it is just noticing that it's right there like it's happening they they're excited by the gift and they're reading it out loud line by line it's so rad I mean I think the liturgy was totally magic too like Amy and I kind of wrote a piece together that was a liturgy and then she freestyled around it so eloquently <laughs> And and this like group of like old French Catholic and then very like, anyway, just an elderly and gentle group just who had never seen really a ceremony like that before, just nodding and tearing and totally with us in this story about the ancestors that were with us together in this backyard. And I don't know, I I was so happy and I didn't feel like I was faking something to give a moment for somebody else, which is, would have been fine and was sort of what I thought maybe, but it was actually totally magical, like making a commitment like that was, yeah, it was, it it really was. Yeah. Yeah. And I I agree with you. Sometimes practicing magic feels like, you know, practicing air. Like it's, (laughs) it's like, it really is just a matter of noticing, um, sometimes less so than a matter of practicing like yeah. and a matter of like giving space in your life if you had been rushing around like oh we got to do this and we got to do this like there wouldn't even have been that open moment for yeah. that like needing to happen you know right so I think yeah maybe you know Nina Nina Simons talks about it as just like getting as quiet as possible you know we're like all these people like herself and Mayumi Oda talk about this calling that like happened and they just like heard the voice of Sarasvati or whatever just like this is what you have to do and all of us are sitting here like where's my you know booming voice from the heavens and I think like as Nina said like it it becomes a matter of getting so quiet Mm -hmm. so quiet until you figure out how you hear best you know Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your dreams. Mm. Maybe it's a gut feeling. 
maybe it's like a book you happened upon that you were meant to happen upon Mm -hmm. or in collective labor or play in nature that is for the collective Ah. not, not for a landlord or a landlord in the the metaphorical sense to the land yeah. that, that sell us this this existence yeah when I'm, you're when you're playing outside of that I think I start to hear something yeah someone was talking at one of our more recent coven meetings about this like the notion of making art and then inconceivably so like not feeling like you have to sell it afterward right. like everything has to be this hustle and you know we've talked about this so much about the process the process above the product and that's where we get to that play space right mm-hmm. where we're just like in that moment of like making something without having to worry about or think about or consider even how we might turn a profit on it right yeah and I, I I was thinking about that today I pulled out this quote I'm reading um Carol Giglotti and let me make sure that that's her right last name I'm I'm reading her book um on the creativity of animals. She's gonna be on the show um, soon. Let me just make sure I have the title right. The Creative Lives of Animals. And she quotes this idea that, and she digs into it, that creativity is about listening for the voice in the universe. And I am paraphrasing, but that's the idea. And it hit me so hard, especially in a book that's about the creativity of animals and about their, and she, and about their creativity as having to be seen both as individual species making these like creative choices, the ways they learn and hide information and share and like all kinds of animals, insects, fish, all kinds. And then also the creativity of how they behave as a community or as a culture or as a species, like adapting to spaces. And so to see our own creativity as being kindred with that, that ability to like express creatively in a way that's like harmonious with other species and listening and reading other species around us and to not think of it as this like superhuman thing that we do but this like very interrelational universe listening thing that we do and there's there's so much of our and you know when we use the word mundane we use it in scare quotes always because mm-hmm. everything is sacred nothing is mundane but these these words that we take from the animal kingdom like when we're building our homes making them as comfortable as we can we call that nesting yeah. you know and i love this idea of nesting and like when when uh, like all animals build their homes differently we build our homes differently but we all have this like creative impulse to make something for ourselves a mm-hmm. space for ourselves and how we do that is fascinating to me. This is one of my favorite things about fall is getting to see the nests that have been hidden in the trees all this time, you know, oh. apartment complexes that we didn't know were there. Yes, <laughs> yes I love that too. So we're trying something new and we hope that you all will be as excited about it as we are. Our former sponsor, whom you all know and love, Foxglove Farm, 
in true Sammy fashion, Sammy took a step back from Foxglove Farm so that she could concentrate on her wild animal rescue. So obviously we wish Sammy the best of luck in all of her endeavors, but we were left with the question of how we might want to go about sponsorship. We certainly didn't want to start selling y'all a bunch of plastic junk you don't need. We knew it would be difficult to find someone with the same value system as Sammy, let alone uh, as us. But Risa came up with this idea that I think is such an amazing, I don't want to say it's a compromise um, because it really doesn't feel like any kind of compromise in that way. But we have opened this space up in our way to our coven, to our Patreon. Yeah, I would say... It's like, it kind of, I mean, a compromise. I, I, I keep thinking about how Deborah Silverman said, uh, what's a great way to do but dance with everyone she meets. And I've, I've been thinking about like dancing with these tools, these tech tools, like dancing with these systems of making a living um, in like that witchy dancey way. So, and that's like compromising, right? It's like a little give, a little get. We're super excited to be spotlighting members of our coven as our advertisers. So that's who gets to be an advertiser now. If you want to be an advertiser on Missing Witches, come on down, join the coven and hang out and listen to the world and these women and men and queer people talking about how angry and also how powerful and magical they are. And then you get to promote your radical magical thing. Right. yeah. So we, we opened we open the circle and we call it Weavers because these are all people who have a project and this isn't necessarily a business, but a, a fundamental project in mind. And then we have group discussions about their project and we throw ideas around. And then when they feel that they're ready, then we start talking about this ad space. Now, someone who came into this coven space with a fully formed idea was Jasper. So our first spotlight is going to queerconjure.org and Jasper and Tarot for Top Surgery. Yeah, you might have heard um, Jasper speaking on our Magic is Gay episode or panel recently and been totally electrified by their kindness and thoughtfulness and radical magic. Um, They do... Um, a personal practice, which is, we encourage you to partake of as well, um, doing queer support and spiritual support and readings, um, but they've also founded this collective doing a project supporting top surgery, and you can send in your questions, and a rad queer intersectional community of readers will answer any question, no, what was, no matter how weird. No question too big, no question too small. Um, It's only $30 also, which is even if the money weren't going to a a good and collaborative cause would be a great deal for a tarot reading. The tarot readings are done by email and you can expect your queer feminist ready to dismantle patriarchal reader to get back to you within a week. Yeah, and they take that time to spend more of their intuitive energy on your question over a period of a week writing these sort of poetic pieces that respond 
uh, in a more in-depth way than they feel like sometimes can happen when it's just give me the question and off the cuff with a reading, it sits with them a bit more. So if you want to sit with a reading for a little while, this might just be the gem for you. I think so, because the, the broader goal is to create an ongoing scholarship for people who need funding for top surgery, for gender affirming top surgery. And Jasper told us that 70% 70, 70 of top surgery GoFundMes don't reach their goal. And so this project is an aim to fix that. They say they're queering the path for magical liberation and aiming to do their part to take care of their community in other ways, ways other than state laws and health industries and insurance industries, the ways that they do not take care of their communities. So every time uh, Tarot for Top Surgery gets to that $1,000 mark, they offer this as a scholarship to someone who needs help with their gender affirming surgery. Yeah, so. and if you uh, want to, to benefit from that support, reach out to this community. They're there for you too. Um, and we are too, by extension, by the way, Missing Witches. Um, so you can apply to participate in a Queer Conjure Tarot for Top Surgery scholarship program just by reaching out via email to Jasper on their website, queerconjure.org. Yeah, definitely. Check out queerconjure.org, get a $30 uh, tarot reading, and know that that money is going to help someone with their gender-affirming surgery. Tarot for top surgery at queerconjure.org. Speaking of birds, I got a gift the other day. I found a beautiful, perfect, completely intact and lovely uh, crow feather in my yard. Oh, Yes, and those of you who know, I've, I've been trying to get them to talk to me with no success. <laughs> I've watched all these internet videos with these children who managed to get crows to bring them presents all the time. I've, I've tried many various tricks, but um, I'm still waiting. But maybe this was maybe this was first contact. But it, I mean, again, it's like I, we can see like, oh, I found a feather in the yard. So what? Or it can be like, I found this token of my connection to the universe and I'm going to, I took it and I cleaned it very gently with like gentle soap and I dried it and I put it on my altar. You know, we, we bring the sacred so often, as much as I believe that there is like something that I don't understand and probably never will that's happening in the universe. I also like live very heartily in the world you know like maybe because I'm an earth sign like I really have my like cynical feet planted on the ground but to me like all evidence points to the magical and so again we're just back to noticing we're just back to noticing mm. and in fact there was a, I came on a upon a an Emily Dickinson um that I wanted to bring up because it's one of those things that you read and then I think it could easily have been the you know, slogan for the Missing Witches Project. So Emily Dickinson wrote, and she of course was like born in Massachusetts, you know, a couple hours away from Salem. There's no way that the history of the witch hunts didn't infiltrate her life in some way. She was born, I think about 150 years after hmm. Salem witch trials. So witchcraft was hung in history but history and I find all the witchcraft that we need around us every day. 
and again, for, for me, this is like a very practical, very factual statement, but also like a massive like spiritual statement, you know, mm. like the ancestors that we feel supporting us or like very recently when one of our coven mates had a health scare and she took the love notes that we had sent her, you know, these notes of support and magic and, and printed them up and kept them with her on her body while she was going through testing and when she went to get the results. And obviously, you know, we don't, we're not healers in that sense. And really we, we love, uh, you know, all the amazing, amazing medical leaps and bounds and knowledge that we have acquired throughout our human history. But when it comes to feeling supported, when it comes to feeling validated, it really just is a simple like, you know, you can print a piece of paper with love, words of love on them and keep them on your body and this symbolic act hopefully somehow reverberates through the universe in ways that you don't understand. Mm. Yeah, in ways that we don't understand and in also in ways that are so familiar, right? Like that like small efforts with, you know, the ability to like adjust and learn from your efforts over time, stretched over time, like accumulate exponentially. You know, they they just do like this this idea of like invest your money and, and it'll grow by 2% or whatever over the next 50 years and you can retire comes directly from this, like invest in the material world, in your dream, in your passion, in the in your network, in your community little by little and it will show return year after year you know things yeah. flourish things this, flourish this is some of the highest magic that we encounter is this community building that we um watch watch <laughs> that we yeah. we're nearby <laughs> but also like our 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 coven mates who you know yeah. one of them was telling us just no. the other night about being like the drop-off center for for busy parents and and we were talking about like what an incredible role in the revolution to be a safe place for people to leave their children like what an incredible mm -hmm. role in the revolution yeah yeah just making a place that people can trust yes mm -hmm. that's the revolution won't be televised <laughs> it will be babysat <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we it will yeah. be it will be fed it will be babysat you know it's gonna have to happen so yeah it's gonna <laughs> have to happen and that's the thing you know people people use words like witch and feminist and activist and and a lot of people feel like they're not this or that enough to be able to use those words whatever that might mean but there are a million roles in the revolution. There are a trillion, there's eight billion probably is the, the, the right number. Right. There are eight billion roles in the revolution and there are witches all around us. There are witches all around us. And again, we can think of that practically like the community of human beings that we build, or we can think of that as our plant kin. You know, one of our, one of our coven mates um, recently had like a spiritual experience with goldenrod. 
I had a spiritual experience listening to her talk about goldenrod. Right. And sing about it. And then all around me, the goldenrod on my road is like glowing. And I've been telling people about goldenrod and its antioxidants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the I excitement mean, of that. You can, And again, we come to like this, like the, the practical and the you let's say impractical why not mm, mm, the practical mm. and the impractical being like you can make a tincture a tincture of goldenrod that has like multiple health benefits or you can just like stare at it and like yeah. be fulfilled by the yellowness of it and like yeah, know that there's true. a bee in there somewhere you know there's so many so many ways that we can interact with the world that you live in but for me it helps to know that there are witches everywhere, that there have always been witches, that they tried really, really hard several times throughout history yes. to erase us, them, and it hasn't happened yet. You know, I find all the witches that I need, as Emily <laughs> Dickinson said, and I'll quote forever now. <laughs> I find all the witches that I need. <laughs> and history too. Myself in history. Oh, you know, and I was like, well, this is the Missing Witches Project. Thank you, Emily Dickinson. Thank and, you, Emily Dickinson. And again, you know, we t- you can't you can't know everything. You know, it's one of you'd think that I would have seen that little bit of Emily Dickinson a thousand times, if not before, then like at some point in the last, you know four years that we've been doing this project but we've been doing this for four years (laughs) four years yeah oh and speaking of like hi we're coming up on season seven of the missing witches podcast ridiculous season seven of the missing witches podcast it's a lucky number and (laughs) Risa had a big sneeze scare (laughs) (laughs) terrifying sneeze scare on me (laughs) But then it never happened. I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Season seven. So we're super excited about that. Super excited to be getting to know more, which adding more, which is to our Pantheon discovery. And yeah, if you haven't um, noticed this or yeah, (laughs) because it's not always obvious. We do usually do a season rhythm with the podcast. In the last, I don't know, long amount of time, we've done mostly interviews and um, panel conversations around the sabbats. And then we played with, for a chunk of the se- of last season, um, our kinship stories. And those will come back. Um, those are special like meditation episodes that we wrote that we're planning on doing lots more with. But our true season format is to tell researched and scripted stories of real witches and magical practitioners, people of nature-based religions, artists, researchers, scientists, women and queer people who are core to us of what it means in our expanding understanding of being a witch, which is what we call the intersection of our art, spirituality and politics. Yes. So I, come, yeah. I was going through my my list of the, the scripts that, that I'm working on for this season seven coming up. Um, and I was like, wow, I chose chose a lot of troublemakers this year. And then I was oh. thinking to myself, like, find me one witch that we've written about that wasn't a troublemaker. Like yeah. I almost laughed when I was like, wow, I really and I was like, no, every single one of them yeah. is making trouble. Mm, make good trouble. That's, <laughs> that's, that is the command, right? That's the that's the joyful suggestion. 
Yeah. So we will be taking a couple weeks off so that we can prepare our Mabon special so we can tighten up our scripts and get those recorded. Um, but we've been having such a great time taking on this like weekly format and talking to people all year round. Yeah, so I think there's all kinds of stuff to dig into. We won't be gone on vacation for very long and we'll be back, I think two weeks, and then we'll be back yeah. with um, season seven with all new stories. And if you miss us in between, we will still be on Patreon where our coven convenes. Um, you can read all about it at missing at uh, patreon.com slash missing witches, all about the strange and magical things we do together there. <laughs> yes, we would love to see you there. Of course, you can join for as little as a dollar a month and um, the benefits are yeah, vast. Whatever, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really is just like we've, this community building, as I mean, every aspect of this project has been sort of like an accident and a revelation and has been happening so interestingly and magically and not without hard work but also very organically and so we just we just want you to be involved we just want you to be at these conversations because just we, come they're so cool, come, they're so cool. <laughs> uh, and again I, I'll say this um we met a new coven member at our last meeting and she's a woman in her 60s and she was telling me um that yeah you know she used to live on the in the East Village in New York. And I was like, oh, you know, as a, as a, as a punk myself, like the East, I've really romanticized the East Village. And at that time, she said, oh yeah, I lived across the street from CBGB in the eighties. And I was like, pardon, like to me, she had buried the lead. We had already been talking for a while, but these are the things that come up when you actually get a chance to like sit down and talk mm. to somebody. And you find that literally every one of them has this fascinating backstory. But I do want to say, she said to me, you know, when we were living there, we didn't know that we were living in an iconic place and time. We didn't know mm. we were just, you know, doing our thing. And, and that was really exciting to me because that means that every single one of us could be living in an iconic place and time and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. We have no idea that the history that we're making or history and us, <laughs> there are witches everywhere. Um, just, I know that every single one of you listening has a fascinating story and, and I would love to hear it. I would oh, really love to hear it. I was thinking that before we got on this call, I was like, how, if you are listening to this episode and you've listened to this show like more than a handful of times or even more, if you've listened to this show from the first season and you have never written to us, which we are missing you. <laughs> we are annoyed. We want to hear your life story. We want to be friends. We have heard from so many but maybe not as many as you would think, like, but a lot of people, their stories, and so many of them are like, um, I'm going on too long, but here is why, like, I needed to tell you this, like, and you're never going on too long. And never, always, never, never. Always reading them, like, teary and cheering and writing to each other afterwards and just in awe of the people we get to meet and what you are out there doing, like, our coven mates you know, 
bought a biodynamic vineyard this week and like multiple of them doing their PhDs and, you know, award-winning poets and people like hand building their homes and raising their kids and like going through shit and men, there are men in our coven and they're rad and they give us hope for the kids that we're raising. There's a very, and like, yeah all queer people it's an intersectional coven I think people do a fucking great job of like loving each other and learning from each other there anyway that's my love letter to the coven (laughs) I I want to do another shout out to sort of a member of our extended coven someone who has been on the show but has done an excellent job of witch representation over the past couple months and that is our lovely friend Jinx Monsoon Congratulations, we waited, you know, no spoilers, but Jinx Monsoon is the queen of all queens, officially at this point. But what I really want to say thank you to for Jinx was this amazing witch representation that they gave us. Jinx did a Persephone look, a Freya look, a Burning Times look. And in fact, I was having a little back and forth with one of our coven mates about specifically about the burning times look it was like filled with leds so the gown like lit up with fire it was incredible it was like a, a white heavenly gown that was suddenly fully on fire and it was super emotional and rad yes and one of our coven mates we were going back and forth about it just talking about like amazing witch representation in the 21st century and how what an exciting time to be alive and that kind of thing and she was saying that her the only drawback for her was that the, the judging panel didn't acknowledge the po- the politicalness of the look. Other people have done politically driven looks on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race many, many times. And usually that's acknowledged with some kind of respect. And Jinx's was actually the second Burning Times look that we've seen on the race. Uh, Nina West also did one. And both times it's like, isn't that clever? Isn't that campy? Isn't that wonderful? And they get very good critiques, but nobody really says anything about like the murder of you know the numbers fluctuate but anything more than one the murder of witches that happened across continents and my response because when jinx took the crown their their acceptance speech was to accept the honor in the name of hecate you know mother (laughs) mother of witches and so ultimately my response is like if one little kid goes and googles hecate then you know we will eventually get the political acknowledgement and respect that we as witches (laughs) deserve. But it was a very, you know, uh, again, for us, witchcraft exists in a very political place. It's part of how we define what it is. But for many others, it's not so much. And of course, we're seeing this like huge you know, this movement of witches that's been, again, like spreading across this 21st century in really fascinating ways. Um, And to me, it's not for me to say who's taking it seriously enough and who isn't. I think if you think about it in the way that like the two deaths, like the when you die and then when the last time someone says your name, being the second death and, and this notion of calling ourselves witch, like we're preventing that second death 
just by calling ourselves witch and however we incarnate that, however we manifest that, whether we do a lot of spells or like how Risa and I have sort of entered into this place where just like noticing the universe becomes like a constant spell that we're, we're <laughs> enacting. Or, Participating in. Yeah. yeah. yeah or whether right. you just like take a moment out of your day to look at a, a piece of art that happens to be a tarot card and like allow that to inspire your decisions for the day or to think differently or, or be creative. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. And also I feel like I'm not so bothered that the idea of which um, makes some people laugh and like maybe feel a bit uncomfortable or like they think it's just like funny, tacky or something. Like I kind of, I think it's like the part of me that likes to like hide in plain sight like, and, and maybe that's like part of how I think about how I operate sometimes, whether it's magical or social magic or like how I run events or when I did that kind of work is like, I don't really, it's, I like to be underestimated. Oh, that's my favorite. Please you know, underestimate me. Please. Go ahead. Go ahead. Laugh. That's, that's no problem. You know, like I like when people are laughing, I think that that makes a little opening to you in a bit of a cheeky way or whatever. Like if you're not so afraid at me and that you're like screaming and running at me with fucking torches and we're still laughing, then that's probably okay. I think there's, there's still some, <laughs> there's still a conversation that can be had, you know, I just, and I, that's why I love Jinx's representation of it all so much too, because it's so fucking funny and, and like, power magic political magic and so tongue-in-cheek and campy and like also the greatest singing voice you know <laughs> RuPaul has talked about this himself about this like inherent witchiness of us all how we're all mm -hmm. the the architects and and the alchemists but Ru loves to bring up this one example that goes exactly along with what you're saying in the movie The Witches of Eastwick when they're floating in the air and then one of them sort of starts to fall and they all start screaming at her laugh 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 right and she starts laughing and she floats RuPaul is obsessed with this moment in this film because his contention is that laughter is one of the greatest one of the greatest spells that you can possibly cast and so yeah we we have absolutely no problem with like a not taking yourself too seriously right. this is <clears throat> so fundamental for me like take the work seriously take what you do seriously take your relationship seriously but don't take yourself too seriously don't like mm. be in that position where you can't laugh at yourself i as i know this for sure whoever your god or goddess or universe or scientific fact is it wants you to laugh it wants you to laugh. If you think about the breath of fire in yoga, it's almost physiologically exactly the same as laughing. So when I have a good one, I really feel that like yogic benefit. Of the, ha, 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 ha. So we encourage you to bring laughter into your practice as much as possible. Anyway, you can do that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you can do it by dressing up drag or just dressing up you know or get, getting close to spooky season are you excited for dressing up are you thinking about makeup and costumes and roaming the streets and terrifying the neighbors I am it turned like fall here and I'm like 
when are we doing a harvest party? When are, what are we cutting <laughs> gourds? <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, you know, we've been talking about this, like how we had that like feeling and sense and nature has been telling the, us this, that there's, it's going to be an early fall this year. And I found like a dried red leaf on my green grass. And I say, yes, it's coming back. This is the number one for me. I realized this week I picked my knitting back up. Now that's oh. how I know, that's how, you how know. I really know the fall is because there's something in my body that's like, now you must knit. Yeah. Now you must make a, another, yet another scarf. It's the, only the same. I, I start fermenting things and baking, start to make kimchi and mead. Those are not, those are not hot midsummer. Cause also because I think we got like a month and a half of hot midsummer. So I'm just going to swim that whole time. I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah. And I do, I do wonder, like one of our coven mates is in California and we had a little talk about like seasons. I rely on seasons so heavily to like mark the passage of time to be able to locate when things happen in my life. Well, there was snow on the ground, so I know it must've been this. And I know it was like, I can sort of piece my memories together based on Same. the weather. And so I feel like I would just absolutely lose my mind if I didn't have seasons and this like constant <laughs> reaffirming of change and the okayness and goodness of change you know yes Lou I think when I lived in California I lost myself in a real in a real way like I really not when I was a kid but when I was there as an adult I think I'm like totally unmoored by not moving through these like really obvious cycles of cold and death and rebirth and life and I, I paid more attention to it there in some ways because it is subtle like you do feel the turn of fall like there is like a hint of some things and some plants get a little rattlier and like there is like a little bit of a change but I I don't know I was I was lost when I was there I don't know if the two things are related <laughs> yeah. you were already lost and then the seasons didn't help <laughs> that's it yeah okay. I want to hear about that I want to specifically hear from witches who have lived both in places with four seasons or three three or four seasons and in places that that don't have as drastic of a seasonal change and mm -hmm. and how does that affect your practice like how how does that affect how you do magic I want to hear about that if you're listening from from that space of having been in both places, especially, or if you've only ever lived in the desert and you're like, this is how we do magic in the desert. I'll, I'd like to hear about that. I like that. Yeah. Like what is, I, I feel like also that shapes the spiritual stories that we tell, you know, like I, I go on this specific kind of journey with the stars and trees and stuff. And so I, I, I think about things through that or with them. And I, I mean, I feel like the origin stories that come from the desert or the way that we relate to the cosmos in the desert or plants and animals in the desert has to be influenced by the angle of the light and the way that's always been there for you. I don't know. I felt very different in the desert too. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about it. I want to hear it. Yeah. What's your stories? Yeah. This history this history of mm -hmm. witches that is all around us at all times. <laughs> oh, the greatest. We, I mean, we, we were speaking with people today about um, the listener poetry episodes and how much 
how much of an impact those have. Um, if you thought about sending in a poem and you didn't, please know that we'll do it again. And we were so moved by all of them and everybody was. And yeah, if you if you sent one in, just know that that impact was bigger than you think on people's feeling like they're allowed to have a voice and share a voice and unmask even in a space as private as this can be, you know. Um, and we'll share, if you want us to share your stories when you write them into us, just let us know if you want us to share them. Anonymous, we usually don't, we keep them private, but if you want us to share them, we wanna share them and amplify them. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and which stories? And we also are like super happy to experiment. Like if you have a, a bizarre idea about some format that we could like try out, like no guarantees mm -hmm. if you send us something impossible, then maybe we'll struggle for a while and give up. But I want to hear ideas. I want to hear everything. Like we were talking about before last spring, we did those meditation episodes and that was fully experimental. And I just love doing them so much. I'm sure Me we'll too. return to that again. But the first time we did it, we were like, what's this going to be? And, you know, how's that going to turn out? And then it turned into something that we really loved. So we're always willing to try something, you know, that our format has sort of evolved and changed as in the four years. I think that's what we decided four years since we've yeah. been doing that project. And we're happy to keep doing that, especially like we say, if you've been you've been listening to the podcast for a long time and you've never sent us an email like now's the time let this be the time that you're like I want to tell Amy and Risa about my practice let, yeah. let, let this be the time because we want let to know this be the time my goodness yeah you can record yourself too send that on just to talk into your phone and send it over that's always welcome the miracle of technology has really enabled a lot of amazing collaborations that wouldn't have been able to happen you know True. 30 years ago the it's, miracle of technology <laughs> I mean to me it is yeah. you know like we I come from like you know water flour <laughs> ripped up newspaper like this, <laughs> this these these were the media that we had to make you have done a, <laughs> you have done a lot of copy machine you have done a lot a lot of copy machine but the, I mean, those were the tools, you know, and now mm -hmm. like I have this, this thing in, in my room that's like a film studio and a recording studio and like a yeah. printing press. And like, again, I know I'm aging myself and every time I bring the, how my like, how blown away I am by the simplest of times, I'm still blown away by the wheel though. So, yeah. you know, I sit and think about like, okay so like they probably they had like a log probably and they probably like rolled things on logs and like like I try to figure out how how maybe we got to the wheel so when I'm sitting in front of my computer I'm like constantly in awe I have not yet begun to take my computer for granted and again yeah. I, that's a, a bonus track of being born in the late 70s it's like I I know how to use this thing you know I'm not like a luddite but it'll always be a wonder to me always till the day I die it'll be like a miraculous wonder it's funny how we get used to things that are so fucking miraculous in the context of human history like I think right now we're just under such a constant barrage of innovation like the 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 rate of change is at this extreme upward curve with the power of computing like crazy crazy amplifying every like year so we're, I think we're just like, we're past our capacity to take it in. Most Absolutely. Of us, you know, we're just like, well, 
I'm along for the ride, I guess. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there's yeah. a pandemic too? Sure. All right. Well, at Terrifying. least we have Zoom. At least yeah. we have Zoom. Yeah. I mean, again, like, think if the pandemic had happened in the 80s, it would have been a completely different cultural moment. It would have been 100% a completely different cultural moment. Mm-hmm. And it, it again, it's fascinating for me to even, as a thought experiment, be like, you know, what if this had happened in, you know, yeah. in 1987 or whatever, instead of in 2020. But again, I mean, we come back to this place of like, just noticing being like this, this high mm-hmm. magic, just like mm-hmm. being in awe of things, whether they are goldenrod bushes or these supercomputers that like everybody has in their houses, which is completely bananas. Or just yeah. like a feeling we get, like Nina Simon says, just being quiet enough to to hear that awe that magic mm-hmm. you know that that voice that guidance maybe we'll end with that but I do want to read the Emily Dickinson one more time read it one more time I need to hear it <laughs> <laughs> but again we we do I mean it, it sounds like baloney but it's not baloney when we tell you that we love you and we are excited to know you so please like send us emails about the history that you're making the rich history that you're making Mm-hmm. Now here's that, oh. here's know. here's Risa, and then here's Emily. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know really what I was gonna say, except, um, yeah, that's that's our strange summer break episode. You know that this is our offering to you, rambling and exhausted, nearly broken by the last several months. Um, we're, we're still so excited to be here and we have so many more stories that we're excited to read and research and share and hear from you. So thanks for being here yeah. and we'll see you soon. Yeah, if you're exhausted, come in. You are more than welcome to, to join in our exhausted magic crew. <laughs> <laughs> we will carry on. Yeah. Even amid the exhaustion that I'm certain that we're all feeling. Okay, sorry, Emily Dickinson's going to wait for two more minutes because I really just want to like let you all know that like everyone is exhausted, that it's not just mm. you. Oh my goodness, it is not just you. It is not mm. just you. We live in this like super weird timeline where everybody just has to perform okayness all the time and like perform. Um, productivity in order to feel like they're have value in the world and Mm -hmm. we just want to tell you like even maybe in just this hour that you're listening to this podcast I know it's too late now because we're at the end but maybe in the next hour following this podcast just like give an hour to exhaustion you know Mm -hmm. you can say it out loud you can look in the mirror and say I'm exhausted and give yourself permission to like literally do nothing even if it's for five minutes so what are our takeaways? We're going to laugh. We're going to notice. We're going to give ourselves permission to admit that we're exhausted. Yeah. And we're going to take these words of Emily Dickinson with us. Mm. Witchcraft was hung in history. But history and I find all the witchcraft that we need around us every day. Bless a fucking bee. We'll see you in a couple weeks. You must be a witch. 
The Missing Witches Podcast is sponsored by listeners like you, who joined us at patreon.com slash missingwitches. Today's coven spotlight is tarot for top surgery. Go to queerconjure.org to find out more.